Hey everybody, it's Dustin Chandler again with Interaction Advisory Group. Uh, today we are welcoming into the to the the show into the podcast uh, Chief Gene Saunders with Project Lifesaver. Uh, as you guys know, uh, that follow IEG, that we uh, are a company that train police uh, on autism and developmental disability interactions, and part of our training has always been uh, and always will be uh, that of wandering. Uh, with the autism community, uh, individuals with autism have a high propensity to wander, and and it is hard sometimes to prevent that. Uh, though there are ways that if it does happen, then we can. Uh, there are tracking technologies, and Project Lifesaver has been a, around a long time. And I thought it would just be interesting to talk to the founder, uh, uh, Chief Gene Saunders. Uh, listen just a little bit about the backstory of why it was founded. Uh, hear his story, and then let you guys know that it's out there. Uh, for you and your loved ones. So, Chief, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, Project Lifesaver, it's been around a, a, a long time. Uh, you're the the co-founder and, and president of the of the company. Tell us a little bit about the background. Give us a little bit about your background, but also the background of Project Lifesaver and why it was started and how you became involved. Sure, sure. Well, as you, I was a police officer. I was with the Chesapeake police department for 33 years and 23 of those years I had a collateral duty as commander of special weapons and tactics well the chief assigned part of the SWAT team duties as search and rescue so we became you know involved with searching for lost persons well it kind of came around in the early 90s that we appeared to be searching more for Alzheimer's patients. Well, we didn't know that much about searching for Alzheimer's patients. We used the same normal SAR tactics, and we have learned since then that they, they are not adequate in many instances. We were involved with a lot of searches that, it, that had a lot of manpower, a lot of man hours and a lot of logistics. One lasted two full weeks. Uh, Chief asked me to do a cost estimate on it. The nearest I, would, I could come is that that particular search cost taxpayers around $342,000. And unfortunately, it was not successful. So later on, the Sheriff's Department decided to start the search and rescue and take it over and I was asked to come along as a volunteer as another collateral duty which uh, I accepted as the sheriff and I had been friends for some time same thing searching for Alzheimer's patients not doing a very good job and then I happened to come across a brochure concerning wildlife tracking and the thought occurred to me if we can do this with wildlife and locate them why can't we do or apply the same technology to at-risk people uh it's got to be better than what we're doing because what we're doing is just not satisfactory yeah so i got with the manufacturer uh worked out to where we would have it in a bracelet and my first thought was only for chesapeake virginia i had no inclination for it to go any further Never thought about it. Well, we started it, had a big press release, and Chesapeake is right in a five-city area in Tidewater, Virginia. 
and it went out to all of these cities and, and other surrounding cities. And we started getting inquiries from the other cities. Well, it really kind of locked in after about two months that we had the program going and we made a rescue of an Alzheimer's patient a hundred yards from his residence in a uh, closet underneath a stairway in an apartment building and the door was locked. Uh, we, uh, we located him in one and a half minutes. Wow. And with two people. So that kind of set the, bell, the bells ringing. And then I started getting calls from neighboring jurisdictions, even jurisdictions from out of the state. As we went along, the National Sheriff's Association endorsed Project Lifesaver, and that was like opening the floodgates. Oh, yeah. So then I was still a full-time policeman, but I was doing this part-time as a volunteer. So I was averaging about 80 to 85 hours a week on each job. After about two years, it got to the point, I said, you know, talking to my wife, something's got to give here. I can't keep doing this. So I had 33 years in, kind of, you know, time to go. So I retired and took this on full time and it has just continued to grow. And I think one of the reasons it has grown like it has is because it it connects the departments and the agencies with the community in a very vulnerable type situation. And it's easy. It's a simple program. It's easy for me to train officers or our trainers to train officers to do it. And up to now it's had a 100% success rate. Uh, about two years into the program, autism came up. We were more focused on dementia and Alzheimer's. Well, a good friend of mine who was a U.S. Marshal called me one day and said, listen, you know, my son has autism and he's a runner. Can we put him in this program? Uh, well, you know, my anxiety bells went right off. It's one thing, you know, trying to track and locate, you know, an elderly person with Alzheimer's. Now we're talking a five-year-old uh, boy who's highly active and can move at great speed. Well, after thinking it over a couple of days, I said, well, we'll give it a try. Well, again, the floodgates opened. So now since we've started it, we cover any cognitive disorder from Alzheimer's, autism, Down syndrome, Pick's disease, you name it. If it has wandering as a characteristic, then the agencies are free to cover it. Yeah. And, and that is, uh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, and, and, you know, that's part of the reason why I wanted you on is to tell people, you know, this is how it kind of started and it's really in a good way gotten so big that it covers more than just Alzheimer's and autism. It's really anything, like you said, a characteristic. And for those listening, if you did not know, uh, in autism, drowning is a leading cause of death in autism. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that, uh, statistically it's proven. Uh, but if you're listening to this, uh, this uh, interview, that is a major issue. If you did not know that, because we know some parents that didn't know it until they hear it, uh, please know from today forward that these things are, um, are, are serious cases. It's not, 
uh, a child just getting away for a minute. It's getting away and getting into spots that are uh, uh, life threatening. So it's wonderful to hear that. And it's, it's great to hear the story. And, and one more time, what year about what year did you guys start with with just focusing on Alzheimer's? What year was that? The Our first transmitter was placed in uh, <clears throat> April of 1999. 1999. So you guys have been been doing it a long time. And so what, um, you know, as you as you went along, how has it progressed as far as the technology is concerned? What technology was used then? And is, has the technology changed on how you guys track with, I guess, with the technology improvements and explain kind of how the system works? Because, um, you know, and in, in going into uh, what the individual uh, may wear or not wear, uh, things like that that we know, and then how would people go about doing it? Is this a, a most most states that we uh, have been training in? Uh, the county sheriff's office uh, handles a lot of that. Uh, but if you can speak on that, that's fine. If not, that's okay. But the the technology, explain the technology and how the system works. Well, the technology is actually very simple. Uh, the technology was first brought into activation during World War II. And it was how they located spies. It was it's radio direction finding. We uh, each bracelet has a transmitter. That transmitter has its own frequency, which is recorded by the agency, along with some personal history on the person wearing it. It sends out a radio signal every one to one and three quarter seconds. You're equipped. The agency is equipped with receivers that are handled by trained personnel. They know if the person goes missing, they respond into the area where they were last seen and they tune in their receivers to that frequency. They'll pick up that signal and they'll follow that signal to its point of origin. Uh, simple, simple to train somebody to use it. Uh, that particular technology has not changed. Now the equipment has changed and been updated. It's gone from what we call analog type uh, signals to digital, which are far more accurate and has a little more range than analog and is less likely to be disrupted. I get a lot of questions about, well, how about GPS? Well, GPS is wonderful if you know the restrictions on it. GPS, anything that can block sunlight can block a GPS signal. GPS was not invented or developed to locate people, it was developed for navigation, uh, which makes it very, you know, uh, great to use in open areas. Uh, but I'll give you an example. If you have a, a satellite radio in your car and you pull under something, what happens? Your that signal looks. stops. Mm -hmm. This is the same premise that will happen to GPS. Plus, GPS is power hungry. Uh, your battery life is going to be limited and going to have to be recharged probably every night. Our particular uh, tracking units, the battery is changed every 30 to 60 days, depending on how the transmitter is programmed. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that. And it stays on the person. So if they go to bed at night, you're not taking that particular apparatus off of them so that now you have to worry about if they get out at night or am I going to be able to find them? You know, and that goes for the uh, GPS bracelets. It goes for what we call the cell phone in a pouch that is, is uh, 
advertise greatly out here. Uh, my particular thing is if you got, if you're going to buy a GPS tracking unit, that's not more than a cell phone. You might as well just buy the cell phone because it'll do the same thing, but it's great limitations on that kind of technology. And you have to understand that going in. Do we have a limitation on our, yeah, on the ground, we're good for about a mile in a city area as far as range, but we train these officers on how to go mobile and if necessary, how to go airborne. And we also now are getting ready to introduce for the second time drone tracking technology where they can attach a receiver to a drone. The person on the ground will receive the signal just as if they're on the ground tracking it. So the technology yeah. is moving forward. And the other thing about uh, radio tele telemetry, it's the most reliable uh, tracking technology in the world. Listen, if that's why we bring things like this to you is to really know how it works. A signal that is in some people they reward them. That's good, and they may something else. But no, out of the you're breaking up real bad. Yeah. Okay, hang on. We're having a little bit of connect issues with Chief. We're going to try to get him back. We are going to try to get Chief back here. Now, we, we, we seem to have a bad connection. Okay. Are we having a bad connection when I'm actually not on this? Or why? All right, what do you have me now? Yes, I do. Okay. Everybody, if you just listen to all that, we had connection issues and we're going to keep on going. If we have connection issues again, we're going to have that same kind of conversation. I will try to edit some of that out, at least for the uh, podcast. But hey, listen, technology, technology. We were just talking about technology. And what's funny is I look at connection speeds and I am I'm good. But listen, you may hear that. We'll try to cut it out. If not, you may have heard me talking about connections over on my end. But really, we were just talking about the the the. The technology, you know, it has been around since World War II. Uh, the devices may have changed, but the technology and the reliability is not. And that's what I make sure that, that parents and loved ones, caregivers know is to check out the technology, whatever you think is best for your situation. Uh, listen to the to the pros and cons of all of it. And, you know, having the drone capability is something that is new. And a lot of uh, sheriff offices and police departments <clears throat> are going to having a a certified drone operator, uh, more or less. Uh, and it's interesting to know that that's a new uh, thing that you guys will be doing for the second time to really deploy that because drones obviously can get up a lot higher and go in places and everything that can extend that reach, so to speak. Um, explain uh, when is it, what are the, lim not limitations, but what are the requirements for either a drone to be deployed or even uh, what I would say, the big bird, the helicopter. I know helicopters get involved with uh, certain um, 
uh, with certain municipalities and sheriff's offices. Is there, is there a certain time when that is called out or is that just uh, what what are the requirements there? Because we get a lot of those questions. Is it just the receivers of, of people on the ground and is there a helicopter involved and stuff like that? We, we get those questions uh, uh, quite frequently when we talk about it. And that's going to depend on the agency's discretion. Uh, we, in our training, give them uh, techniques and strategies on how to search using automobiles, too, so they okay. can expand their outreach quickly. What we give them as a rule of thumb is if you have not picked up that radio signal in 30 minutes, it's time to think about going airborne if you have that capability, because you have now extended your range from one mile to five to seven miles. Uh, and the airborne is, is mainly uh, conceived and its mission is to just get the ground team into an area to pick up the signal. Gotcha. Once the ground team latches onto the signal, it's just a matter of a short time before they're at the point of origin. So it's going to be dependent on what the uh, ground or incident commander feels like, okay, I, I need now, I need to go airborne we're not having the success of picking up the signal as quick as I would like to do it. And we, we certainly don't tell them that to wait 30 minutes, if they want to put it up right away, you know, that's, that's a, their judgment call. Yeah. So it's important to know that too, you know, this question address, well, do they use a helicopter? So that's obviously uh, comes with training and, and, and when they decide to make that call on the incident commander on the ground, whoever's in charge of that, We'll make those calls, and that's uh, obviously uh, agency-specific. Uh, so you guys provide the training. So the, the people using these, the officers and the, uh, the deputies and everybody out there, they're trained by uh, by you guys to know how to use the equipment, highly trained uh, individuals. Um, explain Just explain that a little bit of that training uh, and kind of how that works um, uh, for the local agencies uh, that, that some could be listening to this that don't participate with Project Lifesaver that I think they – should at least look into it, but, but explain that training process by the time you guys, you know, get with an agency and, and take them through the training and, and, and everything like that. Sure. You know, once an agency uh, gives us a letter of intent and signs an operational agreement with us, we will schedule their training. They will then purchase the equipment. Once we receive the equipment, we will schedule the training. We will send an instructor. They will spend, and when we first started, it was two and a half days because we not only go over the program itself and how to conduct that use and troubleshooting of the equipment, but while I don't know that we go into it with the same uh, uh, distinction that you do into the different things such as autism, but we do give them some points of familiarization and, inter and interaction because finding them is only half the job. Once you find them, you got to get them back home. So right. you got to know how to talk to them and how to interact with them. And what is it that you're dealing with? Uh, we give them that type of training. Now we've cut it down to where it's about a day and a half because one full day has been placed online that the officers can go ahead and take prior to us arriving. Yeah. So you know, that takes a lot of it as far as uh, time required away from duties. Uh, cuts it down. Yeah, so, and that's good. Yeah, and so if any agency is listening to this or if you're uh, a part of those decision-makings, I mean, I think it's worth the call to see what it's about. Um, you know, 
we come across a lot of agencies that that have heard about it um and it's it's amazing uh, at one time i know in the state of alabama now i know all states are different uh where we're based out of all 67 counties were participating with uh project lifesaver at one point um sometimes you hear different numbers as you move on but if you have not reached out reach out and see if that's feasible for your agency uh see if that would work out because i will tell you as many and as much training as we can get um in my opinion uh the more lives that can potentially be saved so please reach out to them and 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 really and really focus on that we you know just recently just two stories of uh, uh really been uh put on my heart uh, one in louisiana one in alabama and, and we can help uh, save lives. Uh, I know it's not a hundred percent every time. Uh, it's hard to prevent wandering. I want people to understand that too, is parents are going through a lot, uh, to try to prevent it. Uh, sometimes it will happen, uh, unannounced. I mean, it's not like we, we get a heads up on when it happens and a lot of parents are doing what they can and they still, uh, may get out of their residence or when they're on a trip. Uh, so it's important to look at all these technologies and all the, the options that are out there for parents. Uh, and agencies need to start looking and making sure if, if those things fit your agency and you can do it, please reach out and figure out these plans to help uh, save a life. And, and that'll segue into our last uh, 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 talking point uh, before we have another technological issue um, is tell us some of the, the some of the ops that you've been on personally or some that really stick out in your mind that have really been uh you know, some life-saving uh, events that if, if we didn't have Project Lifesaver kind of deployed, uh, it may have not have turned out that way. Because I know y'all have done a lot of ops, uh, you know, obviously across the country. Uh, but just talk, tell us a few, I mean, just to kind of give them an idea how this works. And again, it is important to remember, you've mentioned it already, this is not just for autism. Uh, it, it's really across the board. Anything that somebody may have a, a propendency to wander this could this could help but um i love hearing success stories and just giving people ideas on how this system works and i'd love to hear anything you'd like to share with that sure there's there's two that come to mind right away uh one of them actually was in virginia uh up around uh, danville pennsylvania county uh one saturday evening an 89 year old uh, lady with alzheimer's wandered out it had been raining for about three days uh, they called in the Project Lifesaver team and she had a bracelet. They started tracking the signal. They went across a very large field. They went across a highway. Then they went into a very large open field that had previously been a tobacco field. Well, because of the rain and, and the uh, number of days it had been raining, it was extremely muddy. As they're walking through it, they said the mud was ankle deep and in some places almost a little over your ankles. As they converged on the signal, they saw nothing, which, you know, brought some alarm. But what had happened is they got up on it, then they happened to look down and this lady had fallen and was completely covered with mud. Wow. And had you not had something to lead them to her, you could not have seen her. And wow. this was at night and they were, you know, very happy uh, with what they were able to do with it. The second one actually happened in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh, hey. And there was a search there. If I remember correctly, it was a uh, teenage Down syndrome patient went missing. They started searching for him. They were getting an intermittent signal and it was pointed to the riverbank. 
Uh, apparently in Tuscaloosa, they have some very high riverbanks. They put their uh, helicopter up, and as they went up over the river, it kept pinpointing in one area on the side of a, a tall riverbank. As they got up to it, and even on the ground, the signal got stronger and stronger. They looked over the riverbank, and this boy had fallen over and was hanging inverted in the vines on the riverbank. Wow. So this is another one of those, and we, we get after action reports from the agencies. This is another one of those of many where had we firmly believe, and they attested to it, had it not been for Project Lifesaver, they don't know that they would have found them in time to save them or found them at all. So these are the yeah. kind of things that, you know, really make me happy with what we do. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's why I wanted to talk to you, make sure people have at least heard, um, especially caregivers, uh, right? I mean, a lot of times it's them calling the agency to see if they participate in it. And if they don't, uh, finding something, I mean, tracking, uh, is, is just a way with, with what you guys are doing is a way that literally, I mean, lives can be saved. And, and with those, just those two stories that give me chills that your loved one could be out, uh, for hours, uh, and, and not being able to find them, but being able to find them, uh, very quickly is obviously, uh, the goal, uh, parents and caregivers listening to this need to understand, uh, like, uh, chief mentioned earlier, children can cover a lot of ground really quick. Um, and, and they find dangerous places. We know that statistically in autism, but then there's, uh, like he was talking about, um, with our loved ones that may be with dementia or Alzheimer's and, and other conditions, I highly suggest please looking into these things, uh, calling your local agency, uh, you're in your jurisdiction, meaning where you live and asking them if they participate in project lifesaver, uh, and, and seeing if that is, uh, if that's an option for you. And then getting uh, doing your research and due diligence on Project Lifesaver for the for the units they have. Some kids will wear uh, things and some won't. I mean, it, it has to fit you, but it's least worth looking into uh, just in case. Uh, you know, Chief, we have parents a lot of times. We, we hold community events and meetings. We just had a big one in Bossier City. And oftentimes, uh, parents... Um, we want them to call police immediately. I mean, time is of the essence. Um, and a lot of times uh, they say their children won't uh, wear certain things and, and do certain things. And we understand that we want them just to have the information, uh, just have that information. They, you know, we've run into caregivers, uh, not, this is not an indictment on any caregiver, but saying some don't even uh, don't didn't know all wandering is an issue. Um, and their child uh, may have autism. So uh, they get caught in this, thought process and we try to help them understand it could happen at any time any place uh not and it doesn't matter if your child has wandered uh and 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 bolted before we know stories of children with autism never wandered in their in their younger years and in their teenage years they did so anybody listening to this if if your child has autism has that diagnosis or any condition that may wander please 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 check out Project Lifesaver and, and whatever options fit you. But this tracking technology, as Chief just proved, can be a lifesaver. Um, and um, it is just very important to look into that. And Chief, I'll give you the last word. Is there anything that you'd like anybody to hear or or say? And I, and I think everybody in Alabama, and I'm, I'm not sure about Louisiana, about what their numbers are, but how about giving us the uh, uh, the contact information? And I'll, I'll get it also from you and put it in the show notes. Uh, if somebody's interested in learning about it as far as an agency is concerned, how would they get in touch with you guys? 
Well, you can go to our website, uh, projectlifesaver.org. It'll give you all of our contact information, even give you a way to contact us through the website. That would probably be the best way to, to get hold of us because we will answer you. That way we have it there in front of us and we know when we get ready to call you back or respond to your email, what your situation is and we may have an answer for you upon our reply. Uh, other than that, contact your local agency, see if they have it. If they don't have it, you may want to get together a coalition of your Alzheimer's, your autism, your Down syndrome groups, advocacy groups, and go visit your chief of police or your sheriff and, and uh, prompt them to look into the program. Uh, it has saved a lot of lives, as, as you have uh, alluded to. And I think we go back to the old phrase that we used in SWAT, everything that you can get in your toolbox, you need to have it because you never know when you're going to need it. Yep. And it's, it's one of these things where you, um, even as caregivers from the, uh, on the agency side, but also on the parent side, man, you don't want to not have it and then need it. Um, and, and that's what we tell plan, plan, plan ahead and tracking technology as part of that plan. Safety action plans need to be created, uh, on the family side. And, and like chief said, uh, it's a very good point that if your agency does not, how about get a coalition, make that to be a to-do, uh, uh, have that as a uh, something that we know statistically, we've seen the numbers that can save lives um, and create that coalition, not just of uh, autism parents, but maybe uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, you know, it's a big uh, group that this could help. So uh, do what Chief said, you know, uh, the, he was given the website, it's projectlifesaver.org. And I can attest to that, Chief, that uh, when you do send an email through their uh, form, they do get back because he did. And it was pretty quick. So I did the same thing for this interview. So it does work. They do answer you uh, and get that information and get that information. Know about it. Hopefully you learned a little bit about it today. We want to save lives. Everybody. Uh, we do not want to have another incident where a child or an adult or any loved one goes missing. And we can't find them. And when we do find them, uh, they've, they've, they've died. We do not want that. And more and more parents need to be attuned to this. And when we talk about parents, that is with children. But like Chief has mentioned, it's also with, with our grandparents or maybe our other people that are having um, uh, challenges with dementia and Alzheimer's. And we know that can develop uh, really uh, at any age. So we really uh, appreciate your time, Chief. Um, you guys are doing a great job you know, it, it's all about saving lives. Obviously it's in your name. Uh, and, and I commend you for starting this up back in 99 and taking that little bit and, and saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to focus my efforts on saving lives. And Hey, you put in your time. You had a lot of time in, in law enforcement. I didn't have that many years, but you did your time there. And now you're doing something wonderful. Um, and I really appreciate your efforts. Thank you. And thank you for having me and allowing me to, uh, uh give this information. I do yep. appreciate it. Yes, sir. You guys keep up the good work. And uh, listen, we'll be praying for you guys and we'll be praying for everybody that's uh, in any of these incidents. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. Have a great day. Yes, sir.